This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Welcome all of you that are watching online. We're glad and delighted you can be with us this morning. God bless you wherever you're at. Hope you got a Bible there someplace that you can look at as we get into the Word of God together. Amen. So let's open our Bibles this morning to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, if you can find that opening in your Bibles. <clears throat> Luke chapter 21. And this morning I want to <laughs> challenge you. Would that be all right? Thanks for the six of you that are excited about that. Yeah, I want to challenge you uh, with a call to draw near. Everybody say draw near. To draw near in your relationship with God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the culmination of all things is before us. The things which Jesus and God the Father spoke uh, are coming to pass. Now, of course, there's a whole host of humanity that don't even have a clue about any of these matters, but you do. And so it behooves us as believers and children of God to make sure that we are, um, well, as the Bible describes, having our lamps trimmed and our lights burning. And so again, I just want to challenge you with this call to draw near to him in your relationship. And it really is a, it's a decision that is intentional. It's not just, well, you know, if it kind of works out, yeah, maybe I'll do that. Or, you know, if I feel like it, I guess maybe I could do that. No, it's, it's, it's purposeful when we make decisions about drawing near to him with focus. It represents a lot of times having to declutter and de-junk our lives a little bit. Because how many of you know there are things in life that can occupy our attention and our time and interests and all of these different kinds of things. And not that any of them in and of themselves are bad, but if there's so many of them that we don't have time for him, then maybe there's a problem. Well, it's getting better. I guess I'll just kind of keep preaching along here and see how the response is. Amen. You know, I mentioned to you about the birth of Jesus and, uh, you know, there were those that were watching and they were waiting and some of the things that happened in all of that is uh, the reason being is because they were engaged in what the scriptures had to say. And they were looking for, as the scriptures tell us, the consolation or the consoling of Israel. They were living under the tyranny of the Roman government. And there were a lot of things that they were having to uh, endure and things of that nature. I mean, Sometimes I think we think we have it tough, but we don't know anything about tough, so we can be happy for that. But we really do stand upon the threshold of his second coming, and we want to be waiting. We want to be found, I guess I would say it this way. We want to be found watching, waiting, and doing, everybody say doing, doing the will of God uh, with regard to his plan and purpose for our lives. So when, <clears throat> excuse me, when Jesus was talking about the last days, his disciples had inquired of him, and thank God we have a record of that. Aren't you glad for that? We can actually open up our Bibles, and we can read what it is that he said to them. Now, a lot of times people, you know, let things get away from them because they say, well, you know, he said that 2,000 years ago. Well, he may have, but how many of you know God can't lie and whatever Jesus said, he always brings to pass because he watches over his word to perform it. 
And so with these disciples, he began to talk to them about what they could look for. Everybody say look for. Yeah, he asked them about, or he told them about what they could look for with regard to his return. Now, the Bible says nobody knows the hour or the day, but we can know in generality at least, you know, that, hey, you know, there's some things that are coming together here and maybe we ought to be paying attention. Would you all agree? So notice with me here in Luke chapter 21, and notice with me, um, let's begin reading with verse 25. Jesus is speaking. He, he had made reference to some things. And then in verse 25, he said, and there shall be signs. Everybody say signs. Okay, there's going to be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. Last year, we just experienced Bethlehem star. That's when, don't ask me, okay, Venus, Mars, and a couple others converge. And it's only happened like, you know, once in a gazillion years. Okay, I'm not an astronomer, but you get the point. And so <clears throat> the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. And so Jesus said you would see these things. Just recently, there was a lunar eclipse. I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning, walked outside, freezing, going, yep, there it is. Turned around, went back to bed. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the scripture here, Jesus said, all right, that these signs would be in the sun, the moon, and in the stars. And then he said, and on the earth, he said there's going to be some signs on the earth, all right? It says here, um, upon the earth, you're going to see distress of nations. Any of us seen any distress of nations? Huh. Yeah, there's a lot of trouble in nations. With perplexities or in perplexity, and then also it says, the sea and the waves roaring. Then he said, there'll be men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for or because the powers of heaven are going to be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when you see these things begin, uh, everybody underline the word begin. When you see these things begin to come to pass, and we're seeing them, all right? It says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to look up. Everybody say look up. Huh? I want you to look up, lift up your heads. And then he goes on to say, for or because your redemption draws nigh. And then real quickly, in verse 29, he spoke a parable unto them. He said, I want you to look at the fig tree and all trees for that matter. He says, when they now shoot forth and you see uh, and you know of your own selves that summer or harvest is near at hand. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, I want you to underline the next word. What is that word? No. no. Okay. You know, not questioning, but you know that the kingdom of God is near. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, standing upon the threshold of his return. And you have to realize again that a lot of times 
I mean, I think about it in this context as such an incredible and a unique privilege for all of us in our generation to be able to stand in this place that we are in. When he's going to return as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So it's important for us, of course, again, as believers to make sure, you know, that we're doing what it is that he's asked us to do. You know, when Jesus spoke the parable about the sower sows the word, and he said that the seed is the word of God, he talked about the ability of that seed to be able to produce. It, it, the seed in and of itself will produce a hundredfold. But there are conditions that can be imposed upon the seed that will hinder its production. And he basically said some of it gets on the roadside, the birds come, Satan comes immediately, takes the word. Some sown among uh, stony ground, you know, it comes up, it's excited about life and all that, but it has no root in itself and endures for a time. When affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, well, it, it fades away, stumbles, or falls away. Then he made reference to the other aspect of it is, is the being sown in thorns. He used the, the analogy of thorns. And again, you know, um, in the springtime, it's not the time to plant grass. How many of you know that? How many of you don't care? Well, maybe you don't. Well, if you're a grass whisperer, you want to make sure that you're planting your seed in the fall because it's not fighting weed seed. In the spring, you know, you can get, you know, you can plant grass and it comes up and you're going, man, glory to God, we got something going on here. But it won't be but just a little bit, a few weeks, and all of a sudden other things start showing up and they literally overtake the grass and it'll kill it, you know, so it makes it hard because it's having to compete. Well, you know, the same thing's true in our Christian lives a lot of times, the things that are around us often compete and they can choke the word and caused the word to be unfruitful. And what he said was, it's the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the strong desires of other things that enter in people's lives and choke the word, and it again becomes unfruitful. But thank God for people that are good ground. Everybody say, I'm good ground. Yeah, there's that other part where it's sown on good ground where it produces 30, 60, and 100-fold. And that's the group that we want to be in. Amen? But there's, there are things that you and I have to do with our lives in our commitment, our dedication, our devotion. Call, call it whatever you want. But I tell you what, now is not the time to be out of church. You know? I was just at a meeting. We were talking about church planning and the possibility of you know, how we can plant more churches because the church population is going down. My son and I were just at a meeting down in Dallas, and they said before COVID there was 350,000 churches. By the end of this month, in 2021, there'll be 70,000 less. Yeah. Now, there's, there's a reasonably good chance a lot of them were maybe on life support anyway, uh, but the the the... The pandemic certainly didn't help all of that. But that's going the wrong direction, wouldn't you say? So praise God, we got to make sure that what we're doing, uh, we remain strong. But, you know, are we doing what we t we're, we're, he told us to do? Or are we preoccupied with the ordinary affairs of life? And again, you know, you guys, please understand, you know, we, we have our lives. And, and thank God he's given us life. But we want to make sure that the things that we're doing in our lives 
doesn't have a greater priority than our relationship with him. Would you all agree? So many times people are just weighted down with the trouble and the vexation of what it is that's going, you know, I mean, in no matter what direction. You remember in the scriptures, Peter talked about Lot. And he talked about when he was in Sodom and Gomorrah and how his soul was vexed daily by what it is that he had seen. Same thing's happening today. I said the same thing's happening today. It's just, it's so grievous to see the mindsets, the thinking, the anger, the hatred, all of the things that we're witnessing within our generation. And that's why, praise God, you and I as children of God need to make sure that our love level is way up. I said our love level needs to be way up. Amen? But, you know, so are we doing those things or are we, you know, are we living our lives out loud? Now is not the time to be quiet. Now is not the time to be silent. Speak up, you guys. Praise God. I mean, be accounted for because the, the, the world, whether they like it or not, they need your testimony. The testimony of Jesus, and it's important. Hallelujah. But you remember when Jesus was talking about this, he made reference to the fact that there would be signs. Again, everybody say signs. There'd be signs. Now, you know, all of us, I mean, when we get done, depending on what direction you're going, you know, you'll drive down Highway 6 here going west, and there'll be a sign, and they'll say, Council Bluffs, 20 miles, or whatever the number is, I'm not sure. If you go south, you know, you, sometime you'll, you'll see a sign that says, Shenandoah is 38 miles in front of you, okay? And so for those of you that live down in that part of the country, you would, you would know all about it. But let me ask you a question. What, what is the intention of a sign? If you go down to, all right, is this yours? Hang on to that. All right, anyway, <clears throat> you know, you go down to Branson, you go someplace, you know, and you get about so close, and all of a sudden, man, there's all these signs. You know, they're telling you about this, you know, uh, show and that show and this and that and all these different things that will entertain you. And so obviously, when, when it comes to a sign, it's intended to tell you what's in front of you. In other words, what you can expect going forward. So Jesus said, you'll see these signs. Well, now you're either going to believe the signs or you're not. Well, I don't believe it's 38 miles of Shenandoah. Now, the reality is whether you believe it or not, Guess what? It's 38 miles to Shenandoah. And so when it comes to the things of God and the, and the blessing of God and the word of God, when he tells us that these things are coming about, that there are things that there are ways in which you can live your life and you will receive a predictable outcome. Listen, my friends, you can go to the bank on it. Are you listening to me? But a lot of folk, unfortunately, they don't believe. We'll talk a little bit about that. And so they just go their own way and say, well, you know, if that, that's good for you. Glad you're all happy and whatever. But you know what? Praise God. You do not want to be in a place where you're not paying attention when he comes. And a lot of people will. I said a lot of people are going to end up being caught off guard at his coming. But thank God we're not going to be. Amen. So the signs are clear. Jesus is at the door. I'd like for you to turn with me to John chapter 20. John 20. Hallelujah. John chapter 20. 
And I want us to look at something here that John said. Now, you remember this, this story, or this, these verses that we're going to read here in a moment, are couched within the context when Jesus walked through the wall and told Thomas not to be faithless, faithless but believing. Okay? You know, um, he talked about being humbled. <laughs> he said, hey... Listen, unless I see the print of the nails in his hands and thrust my hand into his side, I will not, what's the next word? Believe. believe. So in other words, Thomas walked by sight and not by faith. Well, how many of you know Jesus hears everything you say? So if you've been ornery to your spouse, you might want to get that straightened up. Because eight days before is when Thomas made that statement, and eight days later, he walked through the wall and said, Thomas, behold my hands. And then he went on to say, and be not faithless, but believing. Are you with me? He said, Thomas, because you have seen, you believe. But blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. That's us. Amen. There's a lot of things we haven't seen, but we believe. Amen. So in this verse, let me get a drink here. Wow. That is really good. Uh, Chapter 20, verse 30, the very end of the chapter. The Bible says, and this is John writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, and many other, what's the next word? Many other signs. When somebody comes through the wall, doesn't use the door to enter, that's a sign. Huh? He said, in many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written. These things are recorded. Now listen, why? That you might believe. That Jesus Christ, the Son of that, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and in believing you might have life through His name. How many of you know that God wants all the world to have life through Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. The Bible says, "Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved." So salvation is in no other name except the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, and praise God when we surrender our lives to Him. Then he comes to our aid and makes us a new creation. But the emphasis that I want to make on some of the things that John said is, he said, these things are written so that you'll believe. And in believing, you may have everlasting life. That's the whole game plan. Everything that we have is a record of the Lord Jesus Christ and that which God the Father has given to us is in order to empower you as a person to believe. And I tell you what, you can go to the bank on it. Yeah, but you know, some people have been talking about, you know, there's discrepancies in the Bible, you know, and this and that and the other. Uh, Be careful about who it is that you listen to. Are you listening to me? It's time to believe. But let me ask you this this morning. What does it mean to believe? Because I I talk to people, I I have encounters with people that are sinners and saints. And even amongst, you know, uh, people that are not, quote unquote, church going or have much to do with you know, the things of God, they say, well, I believe. Well, what does that mean? You know, because the truth is, is that, you know, a lot of people say they believe, but they really don't. There are a lot of people that think 
they believe, but they really don't. And then thank God there are those, praise God, that really do believe, and it is reflected in the way that they live. Are you listening to me? Huh? It's reflected in their actions and also in the way that they live. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. You want to know whether somebody believes or not? Just look at what they're doing, okay? People say a lot of things. And, you know, there may even be, you know, and I'm sure there are many that want to believe, you know, but yet right on the other hand, they haven't gotten far enough down the road enough to make a commitment to Christ. And that's where it begins for every person. So the thing we need to understand when we talk about believing is, is that we're talking about, you know, uh, the believing part of it comes from your heart. You know, how many of you are familiar with the term a heart-to-heart conversation? Okay. When you have a heart-to-heart conversation, that means that all of the barriers, all of the guardedness, all of the things, you know, that we might want to try to protect ourselves, all that comes down and it's... It's heart to heart, and it's right where we live. It is from the core of our being as far as what it is that's going on. And when you talk about a relationship with God, that is the relationship that he has with people, that he has with you. You know, so if you want to, you know, experience his blessing in your life, it has to be a heart to because you can't con God. People have been trying to do it. Still to this day, you know, I did it. You know, I knew I needed Jesus, but I didn't want to give him all my heart, all my soul, all my life. I thought, you know, man, uh, can we cut a deal? And he said, no, I want all of you. And that's the condition. So, you know, if you got one foot in the world, one foot in the church, well, there's a fence in between. You could get your britches, uh, you know, ripped out. Decide. Make a decision. But it really, you know, when we start talking about heart to heart, that's really who you are. You know, you, you know, Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what somebody's like, just listen to them talk. No, I'm not talking about in casual conversation when we, you know, put on our best wares, you know, we have all these niceties and things like that. Spend some time with them. Because sooner or later, baby, it'll start coming out and you'll find out exactly what's on the inside of them. So that's why the Bible tells us, admonishes us, to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. I mean, if you'll let the, you know, get in the book and let the book get in you, praise God, it'll come out. Are you with me? And so it becomes important for us as believers to do that. So the church needs to be prepared for this event that we stand upon the threshold of. Either you, you can look at it two different ways. Either Jesus is at the door or we're standing on the threshold to go over there. Uh, uh, a few weeks back, actually probably a month, uh, months back, uh, we scheduled our staff and advisory board Christmas for this past Friday night. And so when we did that, of course, you know, you start thinking about December the 3rd is the date, it's on a Friday night, and we're going to be, and we start talking about what it is we're going to do, what kind of foods are going to, you know, and all these different, now really at the end of the day, She's the one that's doing this, okay? All right. <clears throat> but, you know, as, as, as things start to, you know, pare down and we're getting within maybe two or three weeks, then, then the intensity and the attention and the focus for December the 3rd on Friday night be- increases. 
all right, because there's this and that and the other, and we have to make sure these things are done and so on and so forth and whatever. In other words, there is a preparation, and that, you know, because we know the date is coming, it motivates us, you know, to get certain things done and make sure we got our ducks in a row when the guests come. Well, the same thing's true when it comes to your life and mine and our relationship with God. We need to have our, 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 our place adorned. When I say our place, I'm talking about your life. So that when Jesus comes, you can say, welcome. We're so glad to have you this evening. Praise God. Why? Because we're prepared. How many of you ever been late on something? You know, you got somebody coming, man, you're running around in your Speedo or something like that, and they're going to be knocking on the door shortly, huh? Well, we don't want to be found like that, do we? By the way, we didn't, we were, we were ready, in case you were wondering, you know, but, <laughs> amen. Thank you, Jesus. But I, I think the point that I'm trying to make in all that is, is that, so many of our decisions, and primarily, like I said, Joan, but so many of all the rest of our other decisions and activities re revolved around that event. That was the priority. Okay, these things will have to, you know, set at the side. And it was something that, uh, you know, again, we'd, we'd look forward to uh, for in advance. Preparations were made. Uh, to make that evening special so that those who were attending would enjoy their time together with us. So uh, it's the same thing's true when it comes to our relationship with God. And so we need to really think or rethink maybe uh, if we're really approaching the second, how we're, how we're approaching it. Are we really that mindful of it or are we just, you know, concerned about what the administration's doing and what these crazy politicians are thinking and, you know, all these different things? Or are we keeping our focus on what it is that needs to be focused on? Yeah. <laughs> or there may be other things, but I'll give you five things for you to think about. You know, you can write them down if you like. It's, uh, but I think that there needs to become... Uh, not just a consciousness, but a, a, an acute awareness. In other words, everything that you and I are, are judging or thinking about or doing is in the light that he's coming very soon. An acute awareness. Number two, careful attendance. You know, in other words, we don't let our our devotions to the Lord and things, you know, slip and, well, I didn't get to that, you know, and this and that and the other. We, 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 we set a priority or two and we get things uh, in a place where they need to be or where they belong. Number three is a strong devotion. More so ever than, I mean, you guys, more so than ever. We need to be wholehearted in our relationship with God. Don't let church just be one of the bricks in your wall. Let it be the brick. You know what I mean by that? I mean, you know, if you got a wall over here with a bunch of bricks in it, and every one of those bricks can represent something about your life. And many times all church is is one over here in the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got a good church, you know, whatever. It's not like that. It's about a relationship. And church is, you know, part of the building of and the reciprocation of that relationship. And so it becomes important as believers that we have that. Number four is a singular priority. 
you know, a singular priority. Jesus said, I must be about my Father's business. And then I think number five, at least for me, is hopeful anticipation. He's coming again. I tell you what, what an expectation that you and I can have. I know a lot of troubling things are going on in the world, but I'm telling you what, dude, pretty soon we're all going to get to go to the Dairy Queen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Yeah, I know it's been a long trip, you know, and it's been arduous and, you know, mom, dad, when are we going to get there? But I'm telling you what, we're on the threshold of arriving and that's what we need to do, hopeful anticipation. So what we don't want to do or have happen is be found sleeping. And much of what the Bible says, as Jesus and some of the other writers in the New Testament, they use this I don't know if you'd call it an analogy, I, yeah, I suppose you would, of people being asleep. You know, when we're out riding our motorcycle, you know, Joan will say, hey, did you see that? I said, no, honey, I'm trying to pay attention on what's going on right here, you know? But, but she has the privilege of being able to look both directions and see this and that and the other, and, and uh, actually, after she gets done asking the question, she thanks God that I'm actually paying attention to the road. Now, she does accuse me sometimes of not really paying attention to the road because I want to see some of the things she sees, you know? But watching and not being asleep, (laughs) dear God, we don't want to be asleep when we're on a motorcycle, right? There ain't no snoozing going on there. But I I just want to encourage you to be engaged in growing, growing spiritually, and and engaged in serving. If you're not serving, get involved. You know, where you can make a difference in the lives of people, be a blessing to someone else. And not only that, but, but engaged in discipling. You know, we've had people that get born again on our altar, and I'm so thankful for many of you that you've just, you know, you picked up the, you know, the, the scepter and said, man, I'm going to get in this person's life and I'm going to help them grow and help them, you know, find their way. Because they're babies. They don't know anything, really. And you know a lot. You know a lot more than you think. Are you with me? And so you can be a part of that process. And then also be engaged in obeying God. If he wants you to do something, praise God. Let's be the people that say, yes, Lord, here am I. Amen. Remember Ananias? He says, I want you to go down. <laughs> I want you to go down to uh, a Joppa. There's a guy by the name of Paul there. And behold, he prays. He's seen a man coming in, laying his hands on him that he might receive his sight. He says, I've heard about this guy. I don't think I want to go. Have any of you ever had the Lord ask you to do something? You say, I don't think I want to go. We all have. Yeah, we all have. But thank God you were smart enough to obey. So I commend you on that. Amen. Because it's important that we are doing those things. So I guess the thing is, is that when we're attentive to the things that are going on within the kingdom, you get to see things that other people don't see. And I got to see things that nobody else seen. Simeon got to see things that a lot of them didn't see. He came in there and prophesied over Jesus. And I tell you, Mary and and, and Joseph, they couldn't believe what it was that was being said. You know? And so it's important for us, praise God, to be watching. Everybody say watching. Everybody say, I'm going to watch. Yeah. Now, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the signs in the heavens and things. But, you know, every once in a while you'll hear in the news that there's going to be a meteor shower. You know? And I know there's times that my wife and I, we've been outside, we live out in the country, so we don't have a bunch of light pollution. Although I really wish Omaha would shut their lights off. 
because it would make it better. Now, if I lived out by where, you know, uh, Steve and some of those out by Griswold and out there, it'd be even darker yet and be awesome. But, you know, you can look up and, and uh, just, you know, look at the sky and, and uh, pretty soon here's a meteor. Well, somebody will say, well, did you see that? Well, no, I was looking over here. You know, you, you with me? So we need to be watching. How many of you have ever seen satellites going over? You know, there's a reflection, you know, on them off of the sun. Man, them, them things are scooting, baby. They're moving. You know, so, so it's, it's, it's our watching. If you ever go out into a timber, a lot of times you'll drive by all kinds of wooded areas and things like that. You, you don't see nothing. Why? Because you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. But if you go out there and you sit and you watch, you'll see all kinds of things going on that you never ever imagine people have all these trail cams now, you know, and, and man, they'll take pictures of deer and all kinds of things that you wouldn't ever see. God wants us to be watching so that when somebody says, did you see that? You'll say, yep, I sure did. Because it'll bless you as a result of that. Hallelujah. Let's turn to, uh, y'all doing all right? Um, let's... Um, well, let's, let's draw this down to a close here. Turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Matthew 26. I'm probably not communicating it with the uh, kind of um, vigor or uh, uh, in, uh, excitement, uh, intensity, or whatever it is that I, that I probably should. But you guys, the scope and the significance of what it is that it is about to take place is absolutely off the charts. We have no... Uh, the concept of it is beyond our understanding when Jesus breaks on the scene because he's coming for his bride. And don't you ever for one minute think that he's going to leave you high and dry because he's not. Amen? You know, the king is coming, child of God. And so for that, we need to be watching. So when Jesus was having uh, a conversation with his disciples, this is where he instituted the Lord's Supper. When he was having that conversation with them in chapter uh, 26 of Matthew, notice with me in verse 26, it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and breaked it and gave it to his disciples and said, I want you to take this and eat it because it's my body. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks, gave it to them and said, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is said for many for the remission of sins. Now listen to this. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That's a promise. And there's a day coming when we sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise God. And it's going to be glorious. He then went on to conclude, well, it says that when they had uh, um, sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. I want you to just understand that everything that Jesus did, he did with purpose. 
Everything that he said, he said was true. And you need to understand that when you and I are living as we are in this generation of ours, all of these things are coming to pass. So let's believe. Let's live life with expectation. Let's listen to what it is that Jesus said, and let's obey. If there are things that are in our lives that shouldn't be there, let's get them out. Let's make sure, praise God, that we are the people that he is coming for that are living lives that are holy, that are living lives that are pure, and that, praise God, are living lives that love the master because he loves us. Amen? So I encourage you as we uh, move forward into this season, you know, uh, of, of the holiday, uh, let it be a season of expectation. Draw near to him. You know, spend more time. Maybe de-junk, declutter your life and say, you know what, this isn't that important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drill down in my relationship with him through prayer. And I'm going to drill down in my relationship through him just by being exposed to the word of God with frequency and, and regularity and things of that nature. And I tell you what, it'll bless you because the Holy Spirit will come and he'll talk with you. He'll guide you. He'll show you things to come. He'll lead you. He'll, he'll grace your life with peace and joy. And I tell you what, we need that in the world we live right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I exhort you, you know, challenge you in this call to draw near to him in these last days so that, praise God, we'll all be able to say, did you see that? And we'll all say, yes, I did. Let's bow our heads, everybody. Father, we love you, and we thank you today for your grace. And Father, for these precious people, I thank you, Father, for every one of them, and all those, Father, that may be watching online as well. As we come before you, Father, with our hearts, I just thank you, Father, for helping this message to resonate within the lives of the people that are present here today. And Lord, I also want to thank you for speaking to them in ways that help them understand what they can do to, in fact, draw nearer to you. Father, I thank you because you love them so much. You've loved us unconditionally and given us a life like no other. So Father, may we be blessed coming in and going out. May we truly be the people of God. May they know that we are your disciples by our love. And God, I just thank you for your mercy, your goodness, and your grace in each and every one of our lives here today, Father. Hallelujah. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you've never made a decision to receive Christ, that's the point of beginning. And um, a lot of times you could be like me. Yeah, I know I need to, but I've got this reservation. Well, I just want to encourage you to let your reservations go and receive him. Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him come into your heart. It's not about fate. It's not about what he does toward you. It's what you choose to do, dear friend. And the decision is yours. So if there's anyone here, you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, be the Lord of your life, but you'd say by your uplifting hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I have an interest in your prayer. Can I see your hand anywhere? Is there anyone here you've never been born again or you have never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? 
anyone at all. Hallelujah. Those of you that are watching online, if you've never made a decision, you can do so. You can say, Father, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart, and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. And you know, if you'll let your heart agree with that prayer, God will show up, and he'll change your life, and he'll bless you right where you are. So I trust, praise God, that with that, um, you'll, do, um, you'll do that very thing. Hallelujah. So, Father, thank you again today for your blessing as we come to this table. Father God, it represents the life, the love, and the sacrifice of your son that he was willing to make for all of us. And so we thank you, Lord, for your blessing as we partake of the elements today in Jesus' name. Amen.